Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Oh 
Hey, welcome to Kickoff Weekend at One Church Studio. This is the first of three weekends that we're going to establish a new fall season around. And I'm so happy to have Pastor Jessica with me. And our teaching tonight and what we form this gathering around is this statement, we got to do church differently. Now, please, suspend any temptation you might have to think that this might be about styles or methods has nothing to do with that. We want to talk about things of substance and depth. At One Church Studio, our staff, our elders, our deacons, I mean, everything we do is around helping people begin a relationship with Jesus. We want to be the type of community that people can be introduced to Jesus, but they can also develop deep roots of faith in Jesus. And so we want to be a church that's deep and wide, deep in Jesus' kingdom and wide in Jesus' mission. Now, in Canada today, and we're one of thousands of churches across Canada, the churches struggled a little bit in this last decade or so, and more so recently. Uh, Our frailty is kind of showing in our rage. You can hear it online. Uh, In some ways, our faithlessness is shown in our fear and the fear-mongering that's happened in Christian circles. And even if you can't see it, because we realize that maybe you don't wake up thinking about the state of the Canadian Christian church like we do, I'm betting that you can feel it. So I wonder, could you paint a picture with us today? We're going to say a series of statements, of questions, and if you agree with them, we want you to tell us in the chat room, I agree with that. Yes, me too. Now, if you can't see a chat room, I I would encourage you, even if you're regularly participating with us, uh, but in this moment, just shrink, uh, minimize your screen, and on the right-hand side, there's a chat room. Just jump in and say yes if you believe these statements to be true. So let's start with this one. Okay. Do you know somebody who grew up in the church but no longer attends a church? I can say yes to that. How about say yes to this one if it's true. Have you ever been at a point in your life, and maybe you are right now, where you feel like your faith is just skimming on the surface? That I mean if something big happened, job loss, cancer, loss of a loved one, your faith doesn't have the type of teeth to get you through that. that. Is that maybe you? How many of you would look around our world and say, this world needs Jesus more than it ever has in anyone's lifetime. Absolutely. How how about this one? Have you known anyone who's not felt like they belonged or they weren't included in the church? This one's for parents and grandparents. I wonder, do you ever wonder, will my kids and my grandkids end up remaining in the church? Man, I I don't know a parent or grandparent that hasn't had that worrying fear Mm -hmm. at one level. How about this one though? Uh, how many would agree that we have to do whatever it takes to reach the next generation? I mean, anything short of sin, we need to reach that next generation. What about this final one? I wonder if you, along with me and Pastor Jonathan, would say, I long for a deep move of the Spirit, both in my life and in our church community. I, I know that that's why you've come here. <laughs> you don't even come just to hear Natalie sing a great song mm-hmm. or Pastor Jessica and I teach You've come to meet with Jesus, and that's critically important. In the church in Canada, and we see it right now, people decoupling from organized religion, uh, deconstructing their faith, and mm-hmm. really, you don't have to look very far to find compelling reasons to do so. In fact, when you look at the history of the church in Canada, you can't help but notice the stain on the church of history in yeah. the residential school system, the atrocities done to First Nations, and a lot of it done 
in the name of Jesus and by religious circles. Or even more recently, I'll tell you something that's really troubled me is how politics and the gospel yeah. have kind of been mixed together. Now, I love our American friends. I'm not picking on them, but I, I hadn't seen that very often in Canada. But through mm-hmm. COVID, I've watched people who are friends from different political leanings, liberal, conservative, everything. And somehow now, no longer able to talk to each other, and now even de- leaving their churches over political ideologies. And we're in a world right now where there's racial inequalities, gender imbalances, social economic disparities. There's all kinds of brokenness. And the church has almost lost the right or the ability to speak to those things. It's almost like we've lost our ability to speak to it because we don't understand that the gospel also includes biblical justice. That a fairer and better world is something that every follower of Jesus should want for everybody. Now, here's, here's what we're hoping for. Because I know as I look around that the church has struggled in this season to be a community of difference. People that are very different, different thinking, mm-hmm. different ideologies, different opinions, yet finding themselves in the same space and affording each other God's grace to make them fit. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I love most about our church is its ability to include. Yeah. To include different generations, to include people who live differently than I do, maybe people who think differently than I do. You know, our church includes blue-collared workers yep. and white-collared workers, right? We have people who are new immigrants and those who have been generationally rooted in Canada for yeah, years. Yeah, for years, yeah. What I love, actually, is that in our church family, we have 75 nationalities and five generations that worship alongside of each other. We have people who come here with little means and those who come here with great means. We have conventional families and we also have families that are in all different shapes and sizes and stripes. It's incredible. We have people who come to our church from the LGBTQ community and people who come to our church who would admit, you know what, I struggle with people who are differently than me. So because of all that differentness that Pastor Jessica describes, it means in a church like One Church Theo, you need to choose unity. Mm -hmm. In fact, the Bible would say for every Christian, we're to work for unity. Now, why do you need to work at it? Because we wouldn't need to work at unity at all if we had complete sameness. I mean, if we all liked the same music, we all voted the same way. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, we all had kids at the same age and stages. If we had all that sameness, we wouldn't have to work at unity. But the beauty of the body Christ is, mm-hmm. it's not majored around what makes us different. Even though we can celebrate the differences, that's a beautiful part of the body of Christ. But the beautiful thing is, we are rooted and we find our unity in the shared experience of Jesus Christ as revealed by the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. as the Father has sent uh, his son Jesus to rescue us. Because of Jesus, we are now one. Victory. 
we've got to do church differently. Uh, Our culture is not attracted to a church that says they believe one thing and behaves another thing. I mean, maybe that's not attractive in any arena in life. But it was the same in Jesus' day. In fact, in Matthew chapter 23, and the verse is going to come on the screen in a moment, he said these words about the state of religion in his day. He said this, the religion scholars and Pharisees are competent teachers in God's law. So they're good at what they do. You you won't go wrong following their teachings on Moses. Then listen to this warning. But be careful about following them. They talk a good line, but they don't live it. They don't take it into their hearts and live it out in their behavior. It's a spit and polish veneer. I don't, I don't know if you can relate a little bit, maybe even yourself. We've all been there maybe where where maybe it was a bit of a, a veneer, the religion or the faith walk that we had, that, that better to listen to what we say than to watch how we behave. I, I, last week, uh, what a great series we went through as a church community, but Dr. Van Johnson spoke last week, and it was almost an aside comedy made, but it just ricocheted in my heart all week. And he just said, we, gotta, we can't fall into the trap of saying to people, well, hey, don't look at me, look at Jesus. Because if, if you can't see Jesus in me, then what What has Jesus done in me? And what can Jesus possibly do through me if there's no change that it's produced in me? See, we need to radically, radically close the gap between our knowledge and our practice. You know know what it's like. When somebody says this and they do this, we see a person of integrity. The smaller the gap, the greater the integrity. That's actually a person of authenticity sincerity. These are words that I think the world loves. We all love. 
but it's really predicated on the idea of closing the gap radically from our knowledge and our practice. You know, it's hard, really. Uh, part of one of the things in this church that we have as a saying when it comes to closing, closing that gap is we want to help people to actively learn to live like Jesus. I mean, that's a, that, that drives us around here. Actively learn to live like Jesus. Not just talk about Jesus, not, not just listen to his teachings, but learn to live like Jesus. Now, it's really easy to live like Jesus when we're in a gathering like this. It's harder when we feel like maybe Christianity is being marginalized in our culture across Canada. It's really easy to, to live for Jesus and live like Jesus when Natalie's singing. It's a little harder when someone's wronged us, when someone's standing on top of us or challenging us. You know, I grew up attending churches, and I, I remember in my late teens kind of deconstructing my faith, <laughs> decoupling from organized re religion. And there was a, a number, numerous reasons. Some of them were intellectual questions that I had that I was struggling to find answers around. But I got to be honest, a lot of it had to do with the fact that I saw people in the community that said one thing and did another thing. And you know, the only problem for me, the only reason why I couldn't just totally walk away is there's always faithful people, not perfect people, faithful people. Uh, my mother-in-law was one of them in the church I grew up in. My, my dad, I saw in my dad this intentionality of trying to minimize the gap between what he knew was right and what he was practicing. You know how I knew he, that was his intention? I saw it in the way he would apologize. My dad humbled himself on many, he apologized to us kids. He, I saw him apologize to, to my mom. And it wasn't anything drastic, but it was, when he said things that were maybe not, not, not healthy or helpful in the moment, or when he did things that maybe didn't contribute uh, to, the, to the love and, and connectivity of our, our family, he would humble himself and apologize. And I just thought, there was a man, and I couldn't get around him. I realized he was minimizing that gap. Now, how do we do that? How do you and I minimize that gap? By following Jesus. Now, in case you wonder what that even looks like, the Apostle Paul kind of wipes away any sort of illusion or any sort of uh, fog around what it looks like to follow Jesus. In fact, in Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to read a portion of Scripture, he says this. Listen to the words of Paul. He says, think. This is a thing I want you to do right now. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Wow. Think of yourself the way Christ thought about himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. He wasn't a person driven by status in this world or followers in this world. He, he was driven by a passion and a mission for God. It, you, you'll see it. it goes, he goes on to say, it, he wasn't driven by status, not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and he took on the status of a slave and became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredible, incredibly humbling process. Again, humility is a major part of what it means to follow Jesus. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then he died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death, Paul says, a crucifixion. See, the call on Jesus, the call of Jesus on our church is to be a humble church, to be a humble people. 
when you do a word study of humility in the Old Testament, it's interesting what the Hebrew word means. It means to crouch. It means to bend low to the ground. And without humility, we can't have a proper relationship with God and we'll never have a healthy relationship with others. But let's be honest. Humility doesn't come natural to us. Not in our culture. We don't want to bow down. We want to stand up, right, in our culture. Humility, though, may be the most attractive quality in a church in 2022 in Canada. That's what this world is dying to hear. With humility, we actually can participate in conversations of reconciliation, which needs to be happened right across our nation and around the world. But we can't participate in those conversations if we don't firstly humble ourselves and own our part. We can't participate in social transformation if we don't have humility to come along and serve and speak to what our part is in whatever's going on in the world. Listen, the church in Canada, we don't need more Canadian churches flexing. We need more Canadian churches serving. We don't need more Canadian churches demanding their rights. We need more Canadian churches surrendering their rights on behalf of the marginalized, the oppressed, the overlooked, and the voiceless. Friends, we have our marching orders, and we have our example, Jesus. And if we're to embrace the Jesus way, you know what, we've got to do church differently. Think of that verse that Pastor Jonathan just shared with us. Think of yourselves the way that Jesus thought of himself. In other words, we need to follow the example of Jesus. Really, we need to follow Jesus. Earlier this summer, we were driving home from church on a Sunday, and one of our kids from the back of the van um, piped up and said, hey, mom, uh, do you know that when you're a follower of Jesus, you become more like him? Well, I smiled at my husband thinking, wow, they were paying attention to the next gen team as they were leading them in their class that morning. And I said, yes, I know that. And that child said to me, well, mom, you are a follower of Jesus, aren't you? Well, as a parent and as a pastor, I was very happy in that moment that they had identified that I too was a follower of Jesus. And so I said, yes, I am. My smile, big and wide. And they continued in the conversation and they said, well, mom, if being a follower of Jesus means you become more like him, then why are you always yelling at us on the way to church? You know what, friends, we all have gaps in our lives. Gaps between the person who we are compared to the person who Jesus is. And in that moment, I had to be honest with my kids and my family and admit, you know what? You guys are right. You have identified a gap in my life that the Holy Spirit needs to work on in my life. It was a sobering reminder for me that if my kids see me as on one way on a stage at the church and another way in our home, they are not gonna wanna follow my example. And they certainly are not going to want to follow the Jesus who I'm trying to teach them about. The truth is that if we don't deal with the micro, gap, micro gaps in our own lives, they can become macro gaps in the lives of those who are following us. See, King David is a great scriptural example of this. And we love King David, don't we? We love him for the many Psalms that he penned down. We love David for defeating the Goliath. But you know what? David had some real gaps in his own life that ended up giving license to his own children. 
You may have heard of the famous story of David uh, committing adultery with a woman named Bathsheba. But you know what? The story is often uglier than it's often told. You see, David used his power to force himself on Bathsheba. And then he committed murder to cover it all up. And then years later, we read that one of his own sons, Amon, went on to rape another young woman named Tamar. And after that rape, one of David's sons, another one, Absalom, what he did was he ended up murdering his brother, Amon, because of it. This story is a drastic and sober reminder for us of how a gap can grow exponentially and expand generationally. But what if we could close some of those gaps in our lives? You see, by doing church differently, Pastor Jonathan and I are not talking about rearranging the chairs. We're not talking about what you wear when you come to a gathering. We're not even talking about how we would run a gathering. We're talking about seeing church not as a destination, but as a way, a community that is actually moving you from being a believer in Jesus, believing in Jesus, to following Jesus. And there's a big difference between being a believer and a follower. Pastor Andy Stanley, in his book, his newest book, Not In It to Win It, he says this, how we treat, talk about, respond to, and care for one another is the identifying mark of a genuine Jesus follower. It is not what we believe. See, in other words, all of us, Pastor Jonathan and myself included, we hold beliefs that sometimes we do not practice. Some of us may be believers, but Jesus is looking for followers. And here at One Church Geo, we are committed to partnering with you as we work together to create Jesus followers, both in our lives and in the lives of the generations that are following us. See, we want your children, we want your tweens, we want your teenagers, we want your grandchildren to love following Jesus. And because of this, we are so excited to be announcing this weekend a brand new next-gen discipleship program. Let's take a look as Pastor Steph tells us more about that. Hi, I'm Pastor Stephanie and I'm here to tell you all about the follow plan for our kids and youth. NextGen Follow is a 10-month program running from September to June. Throughout these 10 months, we will be asking them to complete achievables in three different categories. Know God, love people, and impact the city. We took these values and translated them into tangible tasks that we call achievables. These achievables help our kids and youth put practice into place so they can actively learn to live like Jesus and become followers of Him. So how does it work? Every kid and junior high that journeys with One Church Geo will be given a follow binder. Each month, our kids and youth will be focusing on the same achievable all the way around. For example, in September, we'll be focusing on knowing God. In October, we'll focus on loving people. And in November, we're all focusing on impacting the city. You see where I'm going with this, right? Awesome. At the end of each month, students' achievables will be evaluated by the NextGen team to make sure that all kids stay on track and no one's left behind. We are so excited to be partnering with you, the parents and guardians of our NextGen kids and youth, to strengthen their journeys as they continue to become active followers of Jesus. Now we realize that today, many of you may have grown children. Maybe you've raised your children and you raised them well, but they're just not following Jesus right now. 
We want you to know that we are concerned about that and we are praying with you for them. We know you might be asking, well, what does it look like to partner with the church that I love and give my kids every reason to still choose to follow Jesus? The truth is as exciting as our new next gen follow program is, the journey of our children following Jesus, well, it doesn't start with a binder, does it? See, the journey of our children following Jesus, it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts when we decide to go all in in following Jesus with our own lives. It starts when we ourselves decide that we're gonna follow Jesus. We're gonna model what it means to leave our old ways of life behind and follow him. Just like the people in this video are endeavoring to do as they choose to be baptized. Today, let's take a look. Hi, my name is Renata, and before Jesus, my life was pretty self-centered. I felt like I had to rely on myself to come up with every answer, which left me hopeless in situations when I couldn't do that. In those moments, I was the most alone, and that was really difficult. When I met my fiance, he was the first person to show me a side of Christ that felt so genuine and honest. Everything really came from the heart. He was so caring of those around him. And the more I understood about how his faith trickled into his life and motivated his actions, it really painted a picture for how Christ can positively impact not only one person, but everyone who extends out from them. I already see the way that Jesus affects the way that I show up in my daily work. As a naturopathic doctor, I have a lot of patience and it's given me a really uh, deep layer of compassion for seeing the suffering in others. And I'm just hoping that I can continue to extend that love that Jesus shows to me to others in whatever small amount that I can learn to do that. And that's why I'm getting baptized today. Hi, I'm Narika. To be honest, I've always knew who Jesus was, but I was going through some personal things within life, and I found myself being uh, very emotional, crying, uh, not wanting to go to work sometimes. I just found myself in a really, really dark place, and I didn't like that person. I didn't like uh, what it did to me mentally. My grandmother would keep on telling me, pray about it, speak to God about it, lean on Him. I felt like I depended on Him more than what I've ever done. And I put all my stress into God and God answered my prayers as in, tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. You show me the way, I will follow that way. From there, I started growing as a person. I started growing in my career and I'm still growing as a person. I'm still learning myself and figuring out exactly where I want to be in life, but where I am right now with who I am, I feel very content. I know a lot of people say like, God works in mysterious ways and whatnot. Like I used to hear that a lot, but like I've seen it. If it wasn't for a pandemic, I probably wouldn't have been as close as I am with God as I am now. I've decided to get baptized.
name is Elaine. Um, through all my life, I've been following the Lord. But when I came here, it was a different. I had a lot of ups and downs. In 1999, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And everyone, you know, surrounded me, you my son, and we used to go up for prayers. And I had a strong community behind me, I must say. And that strengthened my faith. And I never waver. One day, and about three months ago, I said, now is the time I have to be baptized. My God is there strengthening me and guiding me, so I have no fear. That is why I continue to follow him, and I think now is the right time for me to get baptized. Oh, 
Well, I never get tired of those baptism stories, those stories of transformation. It's beautiful to watch those three people. And I think one of them has been part of our church since the early 2000s. And one of them, Renata, the first uh, woman into the uh, baptismal tank, uh, came to know Jesus over this last year during COVID. It's incredible. It's never too late for us to take our next step. And if we're going to do church differently, it starts with you and it starts with me. You know, sometimes as a pastor, you'll get a call or a note from someone that says, the church should do something about, or could the church do something for this person? And I, I have said it probably gently and lovingly over the years on occasion. I've said, well, you are the church, and God has you deployed in a place where you can touch someone's life and you can be generous with them. It's the church together taking steps that changes, really, not just how the church is perceived in culture, but a healthier church, a more God-honoring church. Listen, but it's never too late. It wasn't too late for the religious leader Nicodemus. It wasn't too late for the secular tax collector Zacchaeus. It was never too late for the Samaritan woman who comes from a a bit of a different faith uh, approach and background. It wasn't too late for the woman caught in adultery. And it wasn't too late for the disciple Peter who denied Jesus. It was never too late. We can always find our way back. This is the beautiful thing about the gospel, friends. And maybe over this COVID season, let's be honest, maybe some of you, your faith has been leaking. It's felt more like, as we talked about earlier, more like a veneer than it's felt like it had depth and substance and grit and, the ability, and teeth in it that it could get you through whatever life was sending your way. Well, how do we develop that type of life? Well, this is a weekend, as I mentioned earlier, of surrender and steps. Surrender requires humility. When we follow Jesus, we, our hands go in the air and we say, we surrender. Not my way, your way, Jesus. But here's, here's what we don't often talk about. We can have a moment of surrender, a moment of following Jesus, but if we don't take steps, steps are what helps us to not fall back into the old way, but to follow in the Jesus way. Pastor Jessica is going to give us some steps to help us follow Jesus. Well, the best decision that I ever made was to follow Jesus. But you know what? It was more than a decision. It went way past a moment. It has become a lifelong journey of following in Jesus' steps, of surrendering my time, my stuff, my dreams, so that I could take a hold of the life that Jesus has for me, a life that far exceeds my own expectations. At the Global Leadership Summit this summer, Pastor Andy Stanley said this. He said, you get to choose to follow Jesus, but we do not get to decide what it looks like to follow him. To be a follower means we need to become like Jesus. Now, in my own life, the Holy Spirit, he identifies certain gaps in my life at certain times. The truth is that I couldn't possibly deal with all the gaps that exist in my life at once. See, if the Holy Spirit convicted me of everything that I was doing that was wrong, I wouldn't be able to grow. I would become discouraged. I might become overwhelmed. But thankfully, the Spirit uses steps. Now, whenever you're trying to teach your kids something that's really complicated, it's best to break that thing down into doable steps. For example, when we taught our kids how to tie their shoes, we started with those two shoelaces becoming bunny ears. And those two bunny ears crossed over each other 
And then one would go through the tunnel and finally we would pull tight. See, steps made the process of tying their shoes easier and less overwhelming. It takes steps to set us up to succeed, both as we learn to tie our shoes and as we learn to follow Jesus. And so on this kickoff weekend, we want everyone in our church family to plan for spiritual success, to take steps towards closing a gap in our own lives so that we can look more like Jesus. So today we are launching Follow. Follow is for everyone who calls One Church TO their home church. See, we have designed a tool that will help create a personalized follow plan for everyone. It's going to highlight the next best steps that you can take on your own faith journey. Now, we recognize that faith journeys are not one size fits all. So your personal follow plan will be tailored to fit you. A link is going to pop up on your screen right now. And I'm going to invite you to click on that link right now because that link is going to take you to a digital form to fill out. This digital form is going to be quick. It's a couple of questions. It'll only take you a few minutes. And once you have completed this assessment, our spiritual life team is going to provide you with a personalized follow plan this week that will help you over this next year. And this plan is designed to help you take some of those next steps and also close some of the gaps in your life as you follow Jesus. So we want you to take a moment right now to complete that form. And as we do that, Pastor Matt is going to lead us in a song about building our life on Jesus because that is exactly what a personal follow plan is all about. So as the band sings with us, let's all take a few moments to complete this assessment together. Beside you, open. 
Jesus, a name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you.
So friends, we've got to do church differently. And how do we do it? By taking one step at a time. I want to give you, just before I conclude, I'm going to read a benediction. I Actually, I'm going to have you read it with me from John chapter 17 in just a moment. But before we get there, I want to give you four simple steps you could take out of a gathering like this. The first is, maybe you've already done this, complete the follow, per, follow assessment. Uh, we want to get in the hands of everyone that's a part of One Church TO a personal follow plan to help you build deep roots into the person of Jesus, to go deep and wide as a church. So I'm going to encourage you, if you do nothing else, take that next step, finish that assessment, even after our gathering. That, we want to get back to you and we want to help equip you. The second way is, I'd love you to prioritize next Sunday, September 18th at 6 p.m., in this room at 2885 Kennedy Road, we are going to praise, we are going to petition, and we are going to pray. We're going to fill this room with prayers that night and fill it with praise. Now, if you're in the GTA, I want to encourage you, make it a priority. Make it a next step into maybe physical community with the church that you love, but it's a chance for us to pray over our kids going back to school and our teachers. It's a chance for all of us who are starting a new fall season. Our elders, our deacons, our pastors are going to be there to pray a blessing over you. So make sure you prioritize next Sunday night at 6 p.m. at 2885 Kennedy Road, our physical campus. Here's the third way. You can take a step, a next step. Partner with us and participate with us in our new gathering strategy. We, we have something really exciting to Two weeks ago, I told the Saturday gathering this, but I'm telling you now that we, next, starting next Sunday, uh, again, September 18th at 10 a.m., we're going to live stream our gathering. Now, we've done that before. And you, see, you might be saying, well, Pastor Jonathan, what's new about it? Well, we're going to continue to do it. We're going to live stream every Sunday gathering at 10 a.m. We're going to live stream it. Now, what's interesting is we're going to replay it and we're going to leave it there for seven days. So for seven days, you can do church wherever you're at. We'll have the full gathering, not just the teaching. You'll have the worship. You'll have the prayer. You'll have the teaching. You'll have the announcements. You'll have everything that's a part of it. And we're going to leave it live for seven days, a replay for you. Now, some of you might be going, what about the full teachings? Well, we will have an archive on our website. We already have it there. You can always reference the full teaching if you want that. Now, here's another exciting thing we're doing, and I'm going to encourage you, if you're not already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please go and subscribe to it. Just search One Church TO on YouTube. You'll find us and press subscribe, that subscribe button, because starting next weekend, we're going to start condensing our teachings from our long uh, version in our gatherings down to a 10-minute version, a 10-minute teaching version. Now, why are we doing that? Well, we want you to be able to use that 10-minute version. It's kind of like the Coles Notes condensed version, the best of the, the teaching. See, sometimes you're maybe in a gathering, you're thinking, boy, I wish this person could hear this, or I think this would be really good for this topic or this message or this uh, uh, scripture would be really great for this person. But if you're new to church, 30 minutes of sitting and listening might be a lot to ask. But 10 minutes, that's a lot easier. So we want to encourage you to be sending that 10-minute condensed video to others. Some of you might want to replay it maybe in your community group and talk about the weekend gatherings, whatever works best for you. But we're going to be able to do that with our YouTube version. Now, because we're now going to have church seven days a week, it used to be you had to show up Saturday night or Sunday morning. Now you're going to be able to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 
Saturday, that means that we won't be doing a live Saturday gathering anymore because we'll have the replay available all throughout the week. So we'll be live streaming next Sunday, 10 a.m., and we'll be doing that moving forward, and then we'll have that replay for seven days. Really exciting. We hope this helps you to partner with others and help you reach others even. Now the fourth step is giving. Actually, in the chat room, you're going to see a little give button. And you know, uh, that's a part of being formed in Jesus is opening our hands and being generous with the world around us. And maybe you would like to partner with this church to help people know God, love people, and impact our city. We're doing it together. This is the first of three kickoff weekends. I'm so excited about what's going to come out of this weekend as you do the follow plan. And I'm really excited about where we're going to be next weekend as we talk about serving and what that looks like. And the following weekend about being generous. We're really excited about these three weekends. Hope you journey with us. Now, in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying. Theologians call it his farewell prayer. He knows his time is short on earth, and he's praying for his followers that will be left behind. I, I took Jesus' prayer, and I kind of made it in the first person that we as a church could declare this together. So as it takes over the screen, I'm going to invite you to say out loud, in conclusion in our gathering today, let's say this benediction together. Let's read his words. May all God's people be one, even as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. May we be brought into complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent Jesus and that you have loved this world. Friends, may we work for unity and may our oneness and the love of Jesus shining through us show that God loves this world to the city around us and the people in your lives. Love you, One Church Steel. See you next week. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.